operator syndrome. We're back. Uh, we're back on my timeline. We're getting close to the end here. Just warning you. <laughs> yeah, this episode and the next one. Um, and then uh, I'll be done talking about myself. It's been over a little over a year. And um, uh, good therapy. Good, good public exhibition of my demons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, we got two more. Not not that we're gonna stop recording. We've got plenty more to dig in with Steve, uh, and then we've got a couple other ideas, some things we're gonna share with you, some folks we'll introduce. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep it running in the short term. So don't worry about that. Mm. But uh, you'll get a reprieve from hearing my stories, my ramblings. Um, today the theme is the transition into corporate life. Um. Steve, did you ever have, I'm, I'm trying to remember, it seemed like you did a good job of keeping yourself out of it. Did you ever have like an office nine to five? I mean, you were doing the teacher thing, but that's a unique type occupation. Do you ever do the office job? Never. You know, that's, that's funny. I, I've always been in some sort of like a bureaucratic institution, military and then academia. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of outside the box. I, I'm not really in tune with um, the corporate world at all. I, it's, it's an unknown to me. Okay. Consider yourself somewhat lucky. Um, <laughs> consider it a blessing. Uh, so, man, where to start? I, I mentioned that I studied technology, study business and technology. Uh, I did that because I, I'm of my time. So uh, the time I was getting out of the military was post-recession. Um, you know, tech companies were like the, the big thing to shoot for, uh, working in technology. Um, looking for a sure thing in terms of getting a job, you know, post-recession, uh, yeah. a market that's recovering. Um, and um, just my experience, you know, being exposed to the types of things people were building. So I yeah. figured, okay, uh, I need to get a job. I was an infantryman, so no, you know, no skills to sort of leverage, no, no tangible skills. <laughs> Other than I'll kick your butt if you don't go along. With yeah. Them. Other than other than aggressively attacking the mission. Yeah. Uh, other, other than that, and you know, here's what I'll say about that is, um, you know, whenever someone asks me for advice, like what should I do? Like someone's talking about their military career. Often people are torn between two concepts, right? Like folks want to do. If you want to be in the military, often. Um, you have some interest in combat arms is what we call it, you know, on the army side, which is, you know, you're, you're close with and destroy the enemy or, or shoot artillery or whatever it is that you do. Um, and then they're torn between like looking forward ahead to the rest of their life and getting a skill, a competency that, that, that helps them be more successful after the military. Um, yeah. I was very young and dumb. And so I didn't, I didn't uh, grapple with that. With that, yeah. I just wanted to do fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so I became an infantryman and a ranger, and and that's what I did. Um, when I give advice, I can't help but knowing how, if you do one or two contracts, how sh how quick that, how quickly that it how quickly that goes by, you know, within the context of a normal lifespan, it's it's hard on the other side not to recommend. Hey, you know what? You might want to pick up an actual skill that you can leverage what i will say in support of the dreamers the dummies who want to be seals or rangers or raiders uh -huh. or green berets is that um 
you know, it, it's not clear that that the job you have in the army guarantees you success after the fact. I think most of us would agree. It's probably common sense that it's the person you are, um, and and the intangibles that that'll determine whether you're a success or not. And and everyone determines success differently as well. Um, but I I've met plenty of folks who had who who had jobs in the military that 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 you would think have translated to you know if money is your measure money or, or or this or that and you know they kind of plateaued after even with a skill and then had a little bit of regret about not doing the fun thing you know that that we got to do yeah um, and then plenty of you know uh, plenty of infantrymen who went off and did amazing things in 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 uh, in industries and in sectors having nothing to do with with you know private private security or, or the usual things that you would think that would apply so that's just a call there's no one answer it's up to the individual so for me i uh i made the hard pivot i went mm -hmm. to school I, I can't recommend that enough especially with the new gi bill it's an opportunity to reinvent yourself to take a knee um to learn something new to assimilate into civilian culture um while i was in school i did do an internship for a while and i can't remember if i mentioned this or not but oh. I did an I, I did an internship at a at an insurance company, a well known insurance company in the midwestern town that we lived in, um, and I was just it should have been a warning sign about what was to come, living the corporate life. Um, I was just I was there as a tester, testing intern, um, did basically nothing, uh, was told basically nothing, and. Um, I thought the ex I, I was alarmed by the experience, how boring it was, and how boring the mission was, is what we'll describe it as. Right. Uh, but I, I, I sort of, I assumed it was just because I was an intern. Yeah. And it turns out that most of what I didn't like about that experience carried on through that type of lifestyle in general. I'll yeah. explain. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so I did that. I graduated. I, I got a job working at an analytics company. I did that for one year. Um, you know, I, I, as with all things, you spend time preparing for it. I'm in college. Uh, I did the army thing. I had always felt like I was behind. I mentioned that, um, not that it was warranted, but I felt behind. So finally I'm here corporate job day one show up. I'm a business analyst. Yeah. And um and I I have a tough time that first year. I really do. Um I would say like any corporate job if if I'm trying to explain it to like a military person, you're basically like a staff officer. You're yeah. like you're like the assistant to the assistant to the assistant S1, you know, yeah. or S3. Like that's your job. You're kind of a no-name sort of paper pusher process worker type person that's that's what most corporate roles are uh, you may be focused in one area over another but i found that you know the only thing that keeps you that keeps an hr person from doing you know operations work or ops doing hr it's not that those individuals aren't smart enough to do it because any idiot could do any of these jobs um, it's really just the credentials that you stack up and um, that can Most be academic credentials or 
academic professional credentials uh certifications okay. you know pmp you know what's that, certified, what, 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 so what that project is. management professional there essentially every corporate sort of function now has a certification uh it okay. serves nearly no purpose other than to uh get money out of that person and the organizations it's supposed to be like a quality check <clears throat> if you've worked anywhere you'll know that there is no difference between um a person with a, a human resources i'm sorry human resource people but <laughs> the there, there is there is essentially no difference in the in the quality of someone who has that certification versus who don't other than um that's another way for during the hiring process or, or promotion process to distinguish someone mm -hmm. that's it that's the only thing it serves so um so uh yeah first job um you know the the, the company i'm working for does does work with data <laughs> large data sets um working for a big consumer packaged goods company um think you go to the when you you know you go to the grocery store and diapers toilet paper toothpaste like i'm working with these massive data sets related to like the logistics of how this stuff is shipped around it's just so boring it's boring for me to say out loud people would be like what do you do i'd be like oh well i i look at a bunch of data around how much toothpaste a company ships yeah like, like spreadsheets and stuff like excel. oh yeah for sure yeah spread excel for sure became an excel, excel ninja i break so, out in hives and start sweating when i see an excel sheet because i don't know anything about how to work one i it, they did they, they i don't like technology in general and emails and mm -hmm. stuff like that but man i see a spreadsheet and i just start glossing over <laughs> it, yeah it's 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 a double-edged sword you know so i you know now i'm like 50 plus 15 years doing this kind of stuff yeah. and um unfortunately i i think in excel now so <laughs> you know if i'm going to do if i'm going to do like a family trip to disney like i'm in excel <laughs> like organizing so um but but yeah i it's it's a completely different world um a couple of things i wanted to call out is um you know i i did the guard thing I did an internship here or there, but really in terms of like an actual job showing up every day, um, being a, you know, enlisted, you know, Ranger was, was my primary work experience and then kind of like a break. And then now I'm showing up in the office and this is my thing every day. And, uh, you know, stark contrast into how the, the different worlds work. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about, we've talked about it with you, you know, it's like being in the in the in the team room and your AO, you know, the team AO, squad yeah. AO. Um, the the environment there is very supportive. Yeah. Um, everyone's backing each other up. Doesn't mean everyone loves each other, but everyone is working to accomplish the goal and they know that the way we do that is by helping everyone. Yeah, yeah. Teamwork. Period. Teamwork. Teamwork. That's how that's how you do it. So that's the first thing, uh, you know, in the corporate world, my experience has been um, uh, just generally is, you know, everyone is focused on themselves. Yeah. Um, teamwork is there are a lot of platitudes about teamwork, yeah. but it's not real teamwork. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's not it's not to say that civilians who work the corporate lifestyle. Like they're bad, they do it wrong. 
it's just the the incentives and, and the way the environments are structured you know play most mostly play mostly into why the teamwork is so conceptually different in the two areas um you know as an individual within an or a company um you know you're responsible for your own success mm -hmm. and um you know there's a little bit of the like the the zero sum sort of game right it's like whatever yeah, yeah. you know whatever accomplishments one person has they could be on your team you could be in support of that you know they're using that to get ahead they're getting yeah. using that for the resume bullet they're using that for to, to make the case for why they need you know more promotions more more money right. more of that um again not to say that that doesn't happen in the military but i'm 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 strictly yeah. calling out the difference between being you know a person on the team a person on the team you know at elite levels versus right. you, know, you go up to you know if you're an officer at, at the battalion level or at the you know seal team level a lot of you're going to see a lot of this same type of stuff also but yeah. I'm talking about, you know, how I experienced it. This So now, boom, here I am, and it's it's different. Well, don't if I could interject, mm -hmm. don't you think um, – I was just thinking about that. Like, um, uh, the difference motivationally mm -hmm. is – it seems pretty stark because – and when we – you know, you and I, I mean, as operators, not as my time as a chaplain, but when I was a SEAL operator and you were a ranger – we were always in in a cohesive unit that had a very singular purpose mm -hmm. it was di direct actions targets and the stakes for us we weren't worried about money we were, mm -hmm. we were worried about staying alive and keeping our brothers next to us alive and that is that has such gravitas when compared with in the corporate world it seems like basically and, and this is not to cast stones at the corporate world but it's just say your motivation is self-promotion and making more money, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say? I mean, mm -hmm. and that that can, I think that kind of, if that's your only motivation, which I can't think of much else that you would be in mo motivation. I mean, some of that's natural. You got to provide for your family and you want to go. Absolutely. You want nice things. You want a nice vacation. Right. But, um, but if that's all there is, it can kind of create sort of a maybe borderline narcissistic tendency to just, think about oneself where man we never that was real guys if if there were guys in our in our uh former modes of service that had that kind of tendency they usually got flushed out pretty dang quick and nobody wanted to work with them but um man yeah. those, those are two huge different divides as far as motive motivation well yeah the the, the processes sele select <laughs> folks who don't have that i mean yeah. that's yeah you know, we we look we have peers for that reason. Uh, yeah, right. peers being peer evaluations. Like, like that's that's the the one thing you absolutely don't want is a person who's who's self interested only. No, nope. only to your point, right? I you know as you're saying that you know I, I think about again the environments that perpetuate the different the different um, the different perspectives on teamwork. You know, one thing about especially in special operations. Um, the things you need to be to do to show individual accomplishment, there is nearly no constraint. Mm -hmm. So let me let me put it this way. So um, <clears throat> you're in the Ranger Regiment. You're going to go to Ranger School. Okay. Sometimes there's a line, but you're going to get your shot. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're going to get your shot. And if you look at the Army as a whole, um, most people don't want it. 
most people don't want yeah. to they're afraid to go you know they're they're they don't want to be uncomfortable they don't want to be hungry they have a lot of right. um but you're in the ranger regiment you want to go you're going to get the chance um any any school any opportunity you would need you're gonna mm. get your shot so there are no resource constraints there right um for for in terms of individual opportunities to individually stand out yeah Whereas, they need rangers like crazy yeah exactly so like when you're a seal i i assume like like okay there might be a wait there might be a couple of guys senior to you who are in line for sniper or breacher or whatever right. but you're you're probably you're going to get the sh- you're going to get your shot you're going to get the opportunity to, to so you get the chance to stand out and and the selection process being what they are you're probably going to be successful so you're never really yeah. worried about that part right um, right the military is an up and out system here's another part right like there will be there will be manning gaps you want to yeah. be a team leader or, you know, LPO in the, in the teams or sure. you know, chief, like people have to move on. The system moves mm-hmm. everyone forward, you know, corporate side, those things are not true. Um, you know, in things you can do individually to sort of show your, like I said, they make up stuff like these certifications, you know, certified human resource professional. Well, your company could pay for that, but you know, you owe time to them. Um, are, are you know uh, are you going to dedicate the time to that um does everyone think it's important um is your boss ever going to retire you know that's that's yeah. <laughs> you know right. if you're going to step up is there a role open you know has has it just been filled are those people going to sit there for 10 years these yeah. are it's it's different it, it is a little bit different um so that's just that's sort of team di- and of course you can find and i have found teammates who um good to work with did help out all those things absolutely but it's it the 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 fact that you're always a competitor with your peers is always is always something that's that's there and i suspect that's that's true in in many professions as well um but the the military is is a unique environment and for me that was that was part of the growing pains it's like okay this is different from being in the squad you know, with your squad mates, we're not, sure. we're not like that. Um, the other piece was leadership. What, what, what's considered like leadership sort of in the corporate, corporate world. Um, again, at, at the, at the team level, at the squad level, at the tactical level, we'll say, um, the army has done a good job, especially the Ranger regiment. That's where you go for this, but, um, true leadership right yeah in many cases literally beat into you (laughs) beat into you that you know as a as a as an nco your you your job is to you know there's two parts to it yes you're supposed to delegate you're supposed to delegate and monitor and check like that's your and spot checks that's your job but you're supposed to you're supposed to get in there and get your hands dirty too when you see things aren't happening you're supposed to jump in. You're supposed to be an enabler of your team, yeah, yeah. right? It's not just the dictating; it's the it's the enabling. It's putting yourself. It's eating last. It's putting that your team yeah. before yourself. Um, and I think no, I think there. I'd say in the military, even I'll say as a whole, I say the Ranger, Ranger Regiment does a great job of developing those type of leaders at the tactical level. Uh, yeah. Again, as soon as you're in S three at battalion level, I know the game's different, but you know my experience right um you know from the corporate perspective it's very easy to become a manager 
of people. <laughs> it's just about it's luck. It's waiting out, coming in the right place, showing up, showing up. Um, you know, managers are not leaders in the corporate world. Um, they're good at delegating. Um, mm. Managers in the corporate world are not good about pushing back up, communicating what's going on at the tactical level. I, I would say as a rule, corporate managers are, 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 are afraid to tell their boss um, uh, that, that, you know, team can't do it, right? Like the, the, the process doesn't work. It, it's a two-way, right? Executives don't care right. about that. And then many, I would say many managers don't really have it in them to, to, to communicate that back up or, or communicate it with, with solutions. Um, yeah. um, because they're, they want the next pay raise. They want the next promotion. You know, they want the next, the next thing. And so that comes to the detriment of the team overall. Um, you know, in I, what I found what, and you can, again, you can definitely find that in the military, but what I found is, um, especially in, in the culture of the Ranger Regiment, I know, I know from hearing what you've said and from others in the, in the SEAL teams, it's similar, which is like um, a pushback up, you know, constructive feedback is sort of a hallmark of those yeah. environments. I think probably SEALs get away with a lot more than Rangers do for sure. But even in the Ranger Regiment, like you, there, there's a... You know, there's trust at the lowest level, and and mm. uh, and a want to to be receptive to what what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the the organizations. Yeah, that and I don't. Yeah, like I don't. I don't know the ranger side of it, but um, I'm sure there's some overlap. But yeah, in the seals, I, I remember talking to the commanding officer of Dev Group. A uh, guy's been through a lot, and um, he told me because we were just kind of shooting the breeze, and I said, "Man, what's so special about?" kind of this place and the capabilities they have. And he said, I'll tell you what, one of the big things is we are open to any new idea. There's nothing we're, we're open to any new idea. If it works, we're open to it. If it's better, if it's faster, if it's more efficient, no. And, and it doesn't matter who brings it up. It did the low, the most junior guy, the most senior guy, any, anything in between is like you put something on the table and we'll listen. And now if we think it's not going to work, we're going to tell you that, but there was no stodginess when it came to doing things better. And God, you, you've seen this. I know if you've seen this in the Rangers and you've seen it in tag and, and all these groups, the evolution is unbelievable because of the constant refining of, of, you know, the, the feedback loop. Oh, it just makes it more and more robust to where, it just gets better and better. It's it's kind of a cool, beautiful thing to see. It's kind of elegant, but um, yeah, I, I think that goes along with what you're talking about. Yeah, our you know a ranger private isn't gonna isn't gonna toss something up to like the BC right. necessarily. So right. not quite to that level. That's However, yeah. I I had always found that you know with with matters of the job, <clears throat> with matters of the job, if someone had a better way of doing it, like. Everyone was everyone was switched on to hear them out, to give it a try, test it, mm -hmm. give it a shot, test it, see if it works. Um, you know, now Ranger Private doesn't want to stay to stay at work until seven o'clock at night. Okay, right, shut up. Right, that that's not that's, that's not the same. That's not the same as any of the right. other units. But yeah, in regard to doing the job, um, yeah. it was there. There was a receptiveness to that.
um yeah. not a shut up and row type thing right right um so yeah so that's that's the leadership thing and you get used to it and again it's it's understanding the motivation the motivations in the environment just work differently and create different incentives uh and that's that's something i had to get used to i did one year at that job uh, i also had uh love him to death he was an he was a nice guy personally um but just like uh, an unbelievable micromanager mm. uh, you know the you know the way yeah. you so, you know the way you find out if your boss is going to be a micromanager when he's interviewing he'll say or she'll say that they're not a micromanager that's the uh, that's, that's the key way you know that they are a micromanager a dead giveaway okay? <laughs> it's the dead giveaway and i i learned the first job out of school that's how i learned it if you're listening to this if you say if you tell people in interviews you're not a micro you need to do some self-reflection you are a yeah. micromanager you don't even need to say it you're a manager delegate and right. step back and just deal with how things work out but um, so, so it was like such an, it was, it, it was like the longest year of my life working yeah. at the organization. I, the, the work itself was okay. The work <laughs> itself was okay. The, the, the technology worked what I was doing. Um, uh, <laughs> but just what our mission was, I just couldn't, I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. And then yeah. also this boss I had, I, I, I couldn't work. I, I couldn't live like that. So yeah. I did one year. So I did one year there and then headed off to the DC. I, I still had a clearance from the old days. Um, and then I dropped into a, a big four consulting firm. So I had the clearance, dropped into yeah. that. And then I got hired to do um, federal technology consulting. Yeah, cool. Consulting is another, you know, yeah. interesting animal. It has a reputation. Um, you know, consulting is. It's a it's an interesting world. Um, a lot of them are sort of are privately held. You know, they're not public companies. There are some that are public, but it's an interesting sort of quasi sort of pyramid scheme setup. So huh. you've got partners and principals who are owners. Owners mm -hmm. are you know they're partners. They're they're owners of the the consulting yeah. firm. And then you've got sort of like down at the lowest level, the analysts and consultants who uh, are who are, who are doing the bulk of the work. And they do their time, and there's this whole system and hierarchy within the consulting world. Yeah. Um, uh, the work was interesting. So I'm back doing government work um, with defense and intelligence clients, doing all kinds of random things, um, which is which was the good part about the job. What I liked about consulting was that it's project to project, and they were all unique, different problems, some strategic, some tactical. For me, all having to do with technology, um, and and it was a language, and it was a world that I understood. So for me, it was ticking off the mission box. I understand mm. this, right? Yeah. Do defense better, collect better intelligence, and right. then, and then my part wasn't part of like the the sexy parts of those world. It was a lot of back office stuff, but it was at least close enough that I could make the connection <laughs> in my head. And so from a mission yeah. perspective, that was great. The culture of the consulting firms is just, it's a lot of like, um, they like you to, you're billing hours. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a place that incentivizes working longer, putting in more, or at least saying you're, you mm -hmm. are. So yeah, putting yeah. in more hours. And then on top of that, it's, it's, it's to be successful. Uh, networking is a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. And putting in time outside of your work, your actual job, your project, 
to to help the firm, right? The firm initiative. Uh huh. So like uh, organizing organizing networking <clears throat> events, um, uh, selling, helping with the sales process, um, the pipeline process, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was all the extra stuff that I wasn't keen on doing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of things. I'm working long hours. Um, and then on top of it, I got to go and I got to go, you know, from the job site because you can work, you know, all over the place. Uh, travel is a big thing. It's a plus or minus in consulting. Uh, but, you know, going to the main office and then you got to sit there with a drink. I mean, who, who's complaining? You get like a free beer, you get free food, but you're like, you know, you're standing around in a suit and tie and like yeah. tending to care about. You don't really want to be there. You don't really want to be there and you're trying to get noticed by partners because the way you get promoted is they do yeah. their annual assessments it's like how many partners know of you and your contributions to the firm mm -hmm. right sounds a little cultish right sure. uh, your contributions like that's how you get promoted if you they don't know you and they don't know you because you haven't contributed much that doesn't help that's not good yeah not long yeah your name is not going to rise to the surface again things that happen in the military too and things yeah. that happen in other groups yeah. But uh, it's not it's not what I was looking for at the time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I I worked at a charity for a while, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know this charity was related to the military again. So you'll see, it wasn't intentional on my part, but you know I spent one year working toilet right. paper and toothpaste data, <laughs> and then okay now I'm in working you know, consulting for the government. Okay. I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. Now I'm working at a charity, but it's, it's a, it's a military focused charity. Mm -hmm. um, again, not intentional, but I think that goes back to like the mission piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really just... needing to have some kind of connection to the work we're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I did that for a while. You know, the charity space is, is a whole different animal. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're definitely like the do more with less type environment. Right. What I, I never understood about that. Maybe you can enlighten us. So, you, you call, well, the, the, the specific question is you work for what's called a nonprofit mm -hmm. and yet they are allowed to make a profit, but I don't know. I guess there's certain, only certain ways they can spend those profits or there, there's guidelines. There's lanes they have to stay in that uh, yeah, for profit doesn't. Yeah, nonprofit. There, the thing is, they're scrutinized in how they spend. They, they, they have to be transparent, and mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're deeply scrutinized for how they spend their money. So, um, man, where to start with that? Yeah. Um, so, so I there, there, there are, there are. Well, no, there are generally acceptable <laughs> sort of ratios for what a nonprofit spends on, on administrative costs versus uh -huh. programmatic costs. Yes. So, you know, if you're a nonprofit that, you know, put gives dogs goggles, you know, <laughs> for, for doing high speed, you know, special yeah. operations work, that's your job. You, you, you take in donations and you give dog, you know, the doggies goggles. Okay. Well, like the split they want to see is that you're being as efficient. People like to see is that you're being as efficient as possible from the administrative side, which yeah. means it's a downward pressure on, on, on you know, uh, staffing costs, right. salaries, like all that, like yeah. technology, gotcha. every, everything is budget minded. I think, I think too much 
too yeah. much to some extent. Yeah, I remember Wounded Warriors kind of got some heat for a while mm-hmm. for not like so much money out of every dollar was not going to veterans as much as it should have. I mean, you're always going to have to have a slice that goes to administrative costs, but Mm -hmm. they got, they got under, I I don't know what they're doing now. And I, I mean, I love the cause and the, the, Mm -hmm. but they were, they, they caught some heat. I remember years ago. Yeah. They, uh, I believe their story was cause I was in the space was Uh um, they spent an inordinate amount on marketing Mm. um and marketing is like the mm. is like the gray area because um you can you you need to let people know that you exist in order to get donations right to, right because donations are your revenue sure. um the idea that that these that these all these nonprofits get all kinds of grant money that's not true um uh they're they're working off individual donations so but in in the most for the most part mm-hmm. um you know, 99% of these charities, there's no grant money for them. Uh, right. Not, not anything that moves the needle at all. So they need to solicit for donations. Marketing is how they get the awareness. And then they do programmatic stuff. So people were confused about, okay, they do a lot of marketing. We're not a hundred percent sure what they do though. Like what's the program? Like what are the programs that you do? Who have, who has benefited yeah. from, from what you do? And then on top of it, they did a bunch of dumb shit. They like the, they had very extravagant, you know, yeah, sort of um, headquarters parties, uh, events. fundraiser. Yeah, I think the CEO like rappelled into his keynote speech. Yeah, bringing in like country music singer stars and yeah, big bucks. Yeah. It was promoting it, but it was like, Whoa. right. So that that's where they got in trouble. And and I want to say that again, mm. I think that. Um, my experience was in talking to other people who've worked at nonprofits, like the, the downward pressure on the administrative stuff, it's, it's warranted. Of course they should be efficient. It shouldn't just be a way for, for folks to get fat paychecks and then forget about the mission, but it is to the detriment of the organization constantly working, you know, under, understaffed people who are, who are paid below sort of market value, Mm -hmm. um, in pursuit of the mission, I mean, you you can get better results if you have less staff turnover. I saw a lot of. I, I worked in an organization that was pretty highly rated, mm-hmm. um, that had a great reputation, and the staff turnover was constant. Uh, um, and, wow. and I think, and and I think that in some part had to do with the fact that you know these people were they want to serve the mission but they need to they need that upward mobility and then they need to pay the bills right going back to that so um but uh you know i for for anybody that's out there vets transitioning i i say do it spend some time you know do the consult if you do the consulting thing do the do the nonprofit thing get the experience see what it's like i I think it only helps you to get that Mm -hmm. different perspective um you know nowadays we don't do the the 30 year careers anymore yeah. where you get to go watch. That's not really a thing anyways. So why not, why not try out different, different opportunities? Yeah. Get a flavor for yeah different. And, and, you know, and I did, I did a decent stint at, at, at all those different opportunities and I got yeah. that. Um, so um, <clears throat> the thing, the last thing I'll say as we close out here is, is you know I probably did like ten plus years 
where I was feeling, even, even with organizations that had a great mission and even, um, even work that I found interesting, I still found it unfulfilling. You mm. know? Yeah. Yeah. I get um, and, and ultimately I found by looking at my actions, not because, not because I was deliberate about it, but I started to look back at some of the things that were doing in, in, in my spare time and realize, cause I was pursuing entrepreneurial yeah. you know, ventures, different ideas constantly. And, you know, eventually I connected that back to this idea that, um, you know, my day job wasn't going to be enough for yeah. me sort of intellectually. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I'll say spiritually, but what I really mean to say is like, it wasn't going to keep my attention. Um, uh, it wasn't ticking off all the boxes for me. Right. So, um, I can understand now because I continue to do those type of things, yeah. um, that I need, I need something that I can, okay, I need a day job and I need the benefits that come from that, a paycheck, yeah. but also a chance to progress professionally. But I need, um, I need a way to fulfill other, other creative needs. Yeah. And, uh, and I recommend that for folks too. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and in my experience, talking to other veterans, especially folks from um, you know, the special operations community, I don't think it's just them, but that's just sort of the group that I interact with. But they're all kind of the same. They gotta mm -hmm. have. They can't just have the one job and clock out. Yeah. They, they gotta have their their hand in a bunch of different sort of pots doing different things. I see that. That's very right on the money. I. And guys, I know on the Navy side, it's just like, there's got to be a cause and there's got to be ownership and there's got to be all these things. And I, I've known for those listeners, I've gotten to know Patrick over, over a decade now, which is amazing. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that, but, uh, from the day I met you, you were, you had ideas, you were an imaginary, I'm an imaginary in more of like a writing academic way, but, um, as opposed to like intellectuals or other kinds of thought processes we're both imaginary but patrick is a quintessential entrepreneurial imaginary so you're he's always cooking ideas well that's great i think it's it's cool it's creative and one of, you just keep at it and one of these days something's gonna pop <laughs> one of these days one of these days one of these but, but, days. but don't quit your day job just yet <laughs> no definitely not i definitely don't do that i got we got responsibilities but you know it's the process it's it's yeah. fun it it, it Right. It fulfills a need that that working the day job just isn't going to do. Yeah. So um, that's it. You got any questions about uh, if you're out there, veteran in corporate life, you're hating life. You need someone to, to empathize. Hit us up. Operator syndrome podcast at gmail.com. Happy to respond. Yeah. Uh, OK, we're out of time. We will talk to you all next time. Thanks. Ciao.